Praise God, everybody. I'm sure glad to have you. Welcome to the telecast today. We have worked hard. I've been studying and praying to bring you these messages. In fact, this week, next week, the great resurrection Sunday, the week after that, you know, and so we're plowing through the whole thing. And so uh, whatever part you're in when this airs in your area, just stay tuned. Or if you miss one, then you get a hold of us and we'll, we'll say, hey, this is the one you missed. But we just been all through the Easter events from, um, you know, why Jesus came kind of and then how he got arrested and how he went to trial and went to the whipping post and, and died and rose again and ascended. It's all a powerful, powerful message. Now, listen, the reason for all that is what I put in here. I am a Christian. You need to get this as fast as you can. I'm serious. Call the number on your screen. Get it from our online bookstore. Call our ministry. You know, like I said, uh, send an email. Send a carrier pigeon. Send someone in a car to go get it. You got to have this. It talks all about meeting Jesus, walking with Jesus, and having this powerful power, resurrection power, in your life. We're praying for you. Pray for us. Send a seed. Come on, help us preach. Send something and we'll pray over it and call you blessed. Here we go. Praise God. Say, I believe everything that my Bible says, no matter what the devil says, No matter what people say, and no matter what my circumstances say, today, I am a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver. And I do believe, I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything that God has for me today. In Jesus' name, say amen. I'm in uh, Matthew chapter 21. Let's go. Matthew 21. This is the beginning of what we call Holy Week. This is Palm Sunday, the Sunday before the Sunday of resurrection. And so a lot of things uh, climax and come together for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, starting right now. Palm Sunday is named Palm Sunday because it's celebrating the triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the holy city. And they were so excited to see him. You know, the word had spread of kind of who he was and he had done all this ministry in the earth, this preacher from Galilee and uh, the healings and the miracles and the rumors that he raises people from the dead and the rumor that he is the son of God and the other rumor that, rumor that well, he might just be the most, uh, uh, you know, anointed prophet of God, but some believed that he was the Messiah. And so as he entered into the city, they threw down palm branches to celebrate his highness and his royalty, at least those that believed in him. Thus, the triumphant entry into the holy city or because of the, the sign and the worship and of the palm branches, and they would throw them down on the street, and then they would kneel down and, and, uh, and yell Hosanna, which is a, a holy way to say hooray. 
the, the king is here. So let's read about it. And then we'll talk about the events that's going to take place over the next seven days. I'll be back tonight. We'll pick it up. I'll be with you Thursday night. We'll pick up some more. I'll be with you Friday at noon. We'll add another feature to it. And then next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we'll talk about the resurrection in Sunday evening, a little bit of what happened after that. And then following that, we'll talk about another thing called the ascension of Jesus Christ. It is vitally important that every born again Christian everywhere knows how to explain these things and where they're found in the Bible. These are the most important events of all of mankind. And so here we go. Are you with me? Matthew 21. And I'm going to start in verse one. And when they drew nigh or close unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. So Jesus is choosing two guys and he's sending them. Verse two, saying unto them, go into the village over against you and straightway. You shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, the Lord hath need of them. And straightway you, uh, he will send them. That's a pretty good assignment. Wished I had that power. I'd say, I'd say, Ron, Frank, go down to the dealership and get me a vehicle. And get me one that's never been ridden before. That's what this was, a brand new, a brand new donkey, not a used one. And if they stop you, just say the preacher needs it. Praise God. Ron, do not do this. I can see your old gang banging head. I can do that, Pastor. Do not do this. Frank, don't do this. But that's what happened here. They went to the donkey dealer. And, and Jesus said, Get me the, bring, bring me the mama donkey, but bring me the, the fresh one that no man has ever ridden on. There's a reason for that. Verse 4. All this was done. Here's the reason. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of that donkey. Six. And his disciples went, did as Jesus commanded them, brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and uh, set him thereon. And uh, verse 8, a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. So they're even throwing down their clothes. That's the high respect that they had for Jesus Christ, at least this group of people. And the multitudes that went before verse 9 and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So you can see them lining the streets, taking off their outer garments and throwing them down. Uh, Some cut branches off the trees and threw the branches down. The palm, you know, for example, Palm Sunday. So that as as the king of glory entered into the holy city, they did not know it was his last trip in, but he did and so did his father, which is in heaven. They were just celebrating. The Messiah has come. Now, uh, verse 10. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? That, so 
This is a pretty cool statement or question because many people don't know who he is. There are people in your life and mine that don't know why we made such a big deal out of Jesus. They don't get it. You have friends and relatives and people that you probably work with. They don't know why you tithe. They don't know why you give. They, have, they don't get it. They don't even know why your car is out here in the parking lot today. What? You're going back tonight? Don't you people get enough religion? See, they all know Jesus. And this whole city knew, well, he must be important. Who is this Jesus? I mean, they lined the streets. They cut branches off from trees and threw down their own garments for a donkey to ride on. Who is this Jesus? And that's what people should be saying in your life and mine, that we make such a big deal about his royalty and his lordship that even the people that don't know him ask us, who, who, what are you doing this for? Who is this Jesus? Why are you going to church all the time? Why, what, what, what is this speaking in tongues stuff? What is this? You, know, you talk different than us. Amen. And it should create a curiosity in people that they would ask you questions. And verse 11, and the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And then on, you could read from here on, on goes the story according to the gospel of Matthew. Now Mark covers it, the gospel of Mark. Luke covers it, the gospel of Luke. And John covers it, the Holy Week. And then the rest of the New Testament refers to it. But if you read the prophets of old, you know, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, etc. The prophets of old all predicted this would happen. They predicted this holy week and, the, and all the things that would happen during it. Every single thing that Jesus did and what the, the, the picture, the, the biblical portrait that the Bible technicolor defines for us, it all had a very, very, very significant uh, reason, and it bought and paid for something in our life. Why, pastor, did Jesus come riding a, a donkey instead of a stallion? Because he wanted people to know that I come as a servant. They wanted him to come as a warrior, a David with a sword riding a mighty horse. Anytime the warriors or the kings, you know, King Saul, for example, went to battle. King David went. So the kings didn't sit in like in the White House and send the military. That's modern way of, of doing war. But in, in those days, the king went right out to the battlefield and fought right there with the, with the generals and the captains of the host. But on, uh, if they won the battle, they would come riding in back into the city on a, on a just, a, you know, a spunky spirited stallion that would almost dance coming in with his big leather garb and, and, and the studs or whatever they put in the leather to make it look champion. And the king would come in first and he would ride that saying, we have victory and we have we have beaten down our enemies and we won. But in this case, Jesus came riding a donkey not a stallion. Why? Because he wanted the whole world to know, I'm not a warrior. I didn't come with a sword. I'm a servant. I come with humility and meekness and salvation. And a lot of people didn't understand that. 
And a lot of people today don't understand it. They don't understand why. Well, that guy did me wrong. Sick him. Sick him. Go get him, God. Make him pay. See, that's that mentality. But Jesus said, no, we'll pray for them. Even our enemies will believe God for their salvation. On the cross, the Bible says he could have been this mighty Messiah and called 10,000 angels. That's it. I'm coming off from this cross and I'm wiping out the Roman army. But he didn't. He didn't. He could have, but he didn't. Instead, he said, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing or who they're doing it to. So there was a reason, you see, for everything. Amen. Amen. I think it's very significant that Jesus rode on a donkey, a new one. And I think it's very significant, and I don't have time to preach on the whole history of this in in the next 20 minutes, but I think it's very significant that um, Jesus did not separate that that, uh, animal and its colt. And I think it's very significant. And I like to say it this way, just to summarize all that. You and me, we're not remodel jobs. We're new creations. This is brand new. God didn't take the old you and say, well, let's enhance you a little bit. You know, let's just enhance you. You know, like you could buy a house. Some people enjoy doing this. Nothing wrong with it. Just illustrate. You could buy a house. Maybe it's all you can afford. But then again, maybe you just like to fix them up. So you could buy a house that just other people lived in year after year. Maybe it's been abandoned a while. And you can go buy that house and you can fix it all up. And you can really make it a beautiful home and a safe home and a a home that doesn't leak and it doesn't have mold and it doesn't flood and it doesn't and it doesn't. But no matter how you cut it, the real foundation and structure of that home uh, is not new. You did a remodel job. But you, my friend, by the sign of our Christ, he didn't come in riding a stallion that had been to battle. It's a brand new event. And when you and I got born again, we're not a remodel job. I'm going to say it again. You were not enhanced a little bit with some religion. That's why it's so mandatory that you become a new creature, that you renew your mind, that you wash your mind with the water of the word of God. Because a remodel job would still be a worldly person that got religious. So you're religious when you're with us, but you're worldly when you're with them. That would be a remodel job. But you're a new creation. God did, God's plan was never to enhance you to be your sugar daddy and to add a new music system. And you got rid of Don't, Lose, Don't Leave Me Lucille or something and, or, the, or the Acid Rock. You got rid of that. You took on. No, this is way beyond I sing a different song. This is way beyond I have different rules. This is a, this is a new creation. Now, the event, can I have an amen on that? The events of the Holy Week. Let's review them for just a minute. We could back up all the way to the beginning of the birth of Christ. Actually, we can go beyond, we can rewind the tape back to the Old Testament prophets when God kept saying, a Messiah will come. Uh, Remember, uh, the prophet prophesied the birth of Christ, said he'll be called Emmanuel, which means God's among us. God didn't just send a messenger. Jesus was God. So it says God is among us. In the book of John, it talks about, uh, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was God. 
Jesus was God. Jesus is God. But in the natural, he was as much God as he was man. And that's a perplexity for a human. Well, how can you be both? Because he's God. You can't be. But you can be born again. So, this, so we could rewind the tape way back into the prediction of Jesus coming. And the Prince of Peace and the governments will be upon his shoulders. So we, but we won't. Today we'll just start right here for our, our teaching this week and the series we'll be doing called Holy Week, the events of Holy Week. We'll start with this day, Palm Sunday. So if you could visualize, maybe you've got to close your eyes to visualize. If you could visualize Jesus entering into the holy city on a, on a donkey and people lining the streets, yelling in excitement, Hosanna, hooray to the Messiah, hooray to the King of glory, hooray to our King, and, and et cetera. And different people had a different view of who he was at that time. You have a perfect view. If you, if you have the biblical view, you have the right view of Jesus Christ. But that's because it's happened and it's reported and recorded for us. All you got to do is learn the Bible and you can have a perfect view of all of this. But they, they, didn't, they didn't read history. The people on Palm Sunday didn't read history. They made history. And we read about the history they made. That's a beautiful part about this. And so here he comes into the city. Again, they're throwing down their clothes. They're taking their, the ones that don't have a palm branch to throw down. They're lining. What's that all about anyways? They're lining the dirt. It's highly representative of your life. They didn't want that beautiful king on that donkey to have even the donkey walk through the dirt and the mud and the miry clay. They said, no, no, no. We're going to line this street. And if we don't have a branch, I'm going to take my coat off and throw it down. And, but I'm not going to let this beautiful king, not even his donkey, ride in the dirt. It's a triumphal entry. And they shouted and clapped. But those people didn't know. Now, Jesus tried to tell his closest disciples what was coming. You know those stories if you know the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. By the way, a side note, one of the best things you could do for your life right now today is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the book of Acts through about three times. Just make it your reading for the next, you know, I don't know how fast you read, but just read it through. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, book of Acts. Start all over. In fact, if you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, book of Acts, and then John, uh, because the book of Acts belongs to Luke, written by the same author. Well, it's all authored by the Holy Spirit, but, uh, that's one of the best things you could do in your life. And then you get a more full picture. Uh, you don't get bits and pieces. Triumphal entry, day one, Palm Sunday, we call it. Tonight, we'll talk a little more about what happened after that triumphant entry on that day that they recognized him and the city was, was taken in by who is this? Why are they making such a big deal out of them? So, first event going into the holy city was the triumphant entry. Didn't last very long. Then we get to the last supper, the Passover dinner. At the last supper is when Judas Iscariot is identified as the traitor. And Jesus says, whatever you got to do, go do it quickly. But Judas already had this set up. 
he was already a double agent. Are, are you? He already belonged to Christ, but he belonged to the world. He already had a foot in the kingdom, but a foot in the world. He already had a whole set of friends around Christ and a whole set of friends in the world. You don't just go to the high priest and enter in and say, I want to betray my master for money. You have to have entry. You have to have contact. You have to know those people. From the Passover feast, Judas leaves. Other business is done at that last dinner. And then they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, two things are going to happen. Actually, three things. But I, call, I put them all into one. The betrayal with a kiss. Judas comes in there leading the police to Jesus, because in the dark of the night, you know, they all wore the similar garb and beards and hair. And, it, you know, so he said, I'll lead you to Jesus. So you have the full betrayal. Then you have the then, of course, you have the arrest. But you also have just before that, Jesus begins to agonize. And he says to the father, is there any other way to save mankind? Let this let this pass from me. He knew what was coming. The man part of him knew what was, didn't want it. The God part, he was God and man. So uh, is there any other way? Nevertheless, in other words, but if there's not, I'm not bailing on you, Father, and I'm not quitting. And I'm, no, no, if this is the way, strengthen me to do it. And the Bible says he agonized so bad that he sweat as it were great drops of blood. The arrest happens. The next event on Holy Week. They take him to trial. The governor tries to do everything he can to release the preacher. But the crowd yells, give us the murderer. We don't want no preacher. We don't want no preacher. This sounds a little bit like 2016. We don't want no preacher. You crazy religious people. Give us our sin. Give us our blatant stand against God. Give us the murderer. Let's murder some more babies. We're only at 60 million. Women have rights to kill those babies. Come on. Same difference. Give us a guy like that. Give us a preacher that, 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 that permits all of this stuff. We don't want no preacher in our face like Jesus Christ always telling us the right way. And we want, and so they yelled out, give us the murderer. Give us the murderer. Crucify the preacher. Crucify him. But give us the murderer. He's more like us. And so the governor tried everything. Back and forth. From one authority to the other. Nobody Somebody knew. Nobody wanted to really. And even Pilate said in front of the whole crowd, I wash my hands of this. You know what he said? It isn't the Romans doing this. It's you Jewish people. I, when, the, when the governor washed his hands in publicly, he said, this is not a Roman event. Now, the Roman had to carry out the crucifixion. But he said, this is your king. Let him go. And you know what the, you know what the world did? When Jesus hung on that cross, the worldly governor said, put a sign up there that he's the king of the Jews. But the religious people said, he is not. If you're going to put us, you take that sign down. 
But if you're going to put a sign up there, you say he said he was the king of the Jews, but he is not the king of the Jews. And the worldly man said, leave that sign up there. Surely he's the king of the Jews. Hmm? And there was this wrestling match going on. Well, you know, during the, during the trial, they spit on him. They cursed him. Do you think he'd been called names? They grabbed his beard and tore it out of his face to mock him. And they, and they made a crown of thorns. Not little prickly things like you have in Michigan. Thorns. If you ever been to Israel with me, we showed you these. And if you ever go again, we'll show them to you again. And they took that and they wound it and they, they put it on his head and they hit him with reeds, with sticks, to drive those in so that uh, to punish him. And then, of course, from there, he's pronounced with the death penalty. They, uh, the world got what they wanted. The murderer was released. And the preacher was done away with. So they thought. And they went to Calvary, a place called Golgotha, which means the look of the skull. It's a hill, Golgotha. But even to this day, even with all the erosion and the many years, you can still see the skull uh, in, that, in, that, in the corner of that rock. And they, there they crucified him and nailed him, of course, to the tree. And he died for you and me. And a rich man came along, Joseph, and said, I'll put him in my tomb. And he did. That is some good stuff. You got to admit it. It's from the scriptures. And, uh, you know, we're talking all about this powerful event of what Jesus Christ bought and paid for and all the things he went through while he was here on this earth and what he's doing for us now. That includes you, my friend. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Let me tell you right now, you invite him in your life. We're going to be talking all about this, just like we have been, just like we're going to be, because we're saturated with it. I'm holding in my hand one of my greatest teaching series ever. It's in two volumes if you want them both. You probably should have them both. It's all about what Jesus Christ did for you. It's called, I am a Christian. I almost put in here, now what? A lot of people say, I'm a Christian, I met Jesus, I'm born again, I prayed a sinner's prayer, went to church, but they're not living in resurrection power. It's my duty to help you and everyone just like you to find your place in Christ. So in Jesus' name, I am a Christian. Get a hold of it. Send me a seed. Come on. 
do something. It don't have to be a lot of money. Send something to help us preach. We'll put it right in the ministry, and uh, it'll just help us broadcast this powerful word all over the networks and everywhere else we go. Uh, It it would be so good to hear from you. Send your prayer requests because we are praying people around here. And I'll see you on the next broadcast. Tell everybody you know about it. And I call you blessed in Jesus' name.